This is the sermon for this morning, and I want to just talk about the miracle and helping other people experience the miracle that we celebrate this time of year and as Beaches Chapel Church that we celebrate all year long through and every single year. But I want to back it up and just consider this morning my heart when I was just praying over today in this meeting specifically is that we would just remember and understand in a greater way, all of us, the love that Jesus has for us. And I know that sounds like something we should, we should strive for every Sunday, and it is, but just specifically this morning, there's this burden on my heart for all of us in this room and that are watching online, that we would just remember how much God really loves us. And that we wouldn't take that for granted or make it a cliche or, or anything like that, but we would really, in this moment, and I believe it's happening in the worship that we've already experienced, that we would just come back to remember that God loves us so much and that the miracle is real. It is a real miracle. And I want to read beginning out of Ephesians chapter 1. Paul is writing the church of Ephesus. And he says this starting in verse 5. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Hallelujah. Praise God. And here's the interesting thing that I want to look at this morning out of those verses. It says that God decided in advance to adopt us into his family. You know, pregnancies can happen by accident a lot of times, whether you're married or not married. Pregnancies can just happen, you know, whoops, you know, there it is. There's a pregnancy, right? But adoptions don't happen by accident. No one stumbles backwards into an adoption. Adoptions are a process. You have to fill out paperwork and you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money and to hope that you get put on a list where one day you might be able to adopt a child of your own. It is not an accident. It is not an error. It is not something backed into. And so when God says that he adopted us into his family, we need to know that it is not by accident. It was not something that he just stumbled upon too, but it says that he knew from the very beginning this was the plan to adopt us. And here on earth, when we, when we want to adopt a child, there is a long process and it is an arduous one. It can be a painful one. It can be full of highs and lows and all sorts of emotions. If you talk to anybody that went through the adoption process, you'll hear their stories and they're hard ones. But the process of God adopting us is exponentially harder because his process was sending his only begotten son, the one not adopted, to be born in a manger, to live a very difficult life, to be hated by the church, killed by the church, the most brutal death ever, and then to be raised again so that we can be set free by the blood of Jesus and adopted into his family. That was the plan. That was the process. That is the miracle that we celebrate. 
God chose us. He adopted us. He saw us and said, I want you. What's it going to take? What kind of paperwork am I going to have to file? What am I going to have to do? What's the process to bring you into my family? My son dying on a cross? Leaving me here in heaven? Okay, I'll do it because I love you and I want you in my family. That is the miracle. And here, here it, it says right here that he purchased our freedom. And when, he's, when, we're, when someone's freedom has to be purchased, that means that they were owned by something else. They were a slave to something else. The things that we were a slave to is sin and death. We were a slave to sin and death before Jesus. And he said, I'm going to purchase your freedom from what owns you, which is sin and death, and I'm going to give you life. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah? That is the miracle. That was, that was where we were before, before the adoption process. We were owned by sin and by death. Let's, make, let's, let's not try and paint this other picture. We can look on, on our life before Jesus and maybe remember these things, but the reality is it was sin and death that owned us. And Jesus said, not on my watch. Not on my watch. I'm going to purchase you with my blood, and you're going to be set free from death and from sin, and I'm going to adopt you in. The miracle of Jesus. It changes everything. Our response to this adoption, in verse 6 it says, So we praise God. Which we do here. That's, we do that at Beaches Chapel. We don't, we don't put a timer on the clock and says we have, we have this much time to worship for our freedom. No, we just go. We go until it's time to move on to the next thing of the service. We praise. But let me tell you something. It's not limited to when the music ends. It's not limited to when the service ends. We praise God because he has adopted us, because he set us free from sin and death and purchased us by the blood of Jesus. We praise him and how we live our lives, not just in here, but outside of here. And we commit our lives to him because we are set free, then we live for him because we're no longer slaves to sin and death. And it gives us the freedom. And so how do we do that? Well, here's what old Bill Murray says. He says, you gotta do something. You have to take a chance. You have to get involved. And as we're talking about it today, you have to be part of the adoption process. Be a part of the process. We've been adopted in, but check this out. There are so many out there that need to be adopted in to the family. And as we look in this world and we, and we see what's going on, we see so many that aren't adopted yet and they're freaking out. They're freaking out. We have conversations all the time I do with people, whether you know, working here or not, I go to church and say over and over this year, how in the world are people doing it? How are they living in this world where we are at right now without Jesus? And they're freaking out. They're not living. There is no hope. Only fear. And I'm telling you, living in fear is not living. And they're not living. And so what do we do? Do we just sit and say, phew, glad that's not me? Or do we get involved? Do we help them with their miracle? Do we say, you can be adopted too. It's not just me. 
The blood wasn't just shed for me, but for all of us. Can we be part of that process? Jesus says yes, over and over he says yes. And the thing is, before we are adopted, before anyone is adopted into the family of Jesus Christ, we're orphans. We have no family, we have no home. That's that's what adoption gives children or people, is a home and a family. And thank you, Jesus, that we can offer those very two things right here at Beaches Chapel. We are a family. Beaches Chapel is a home for all to begin and grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are building a home here. And listen, I don't know about y'all, but I want some more family members. I want some more people to sit at the table and taste and see that the Lord is good. What are we going to do about it? We have been adopted in. We have that hope. We have that love of Jesus. Are we going to be part of the process? Are we going to give this miracle out that we know of so well? Old Bill Murray goes on to say, there are people having trouble. They're having trouble with their miracle. Translation, they are orphans. And they're having trouble, y'all. The world is having trouble. What are we going to do about it? Our entire mission statement here, which I just said, is, comes, is based out of Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. And I want to read it to y'all. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles or orphans. This kingdom of faith is now your, check this out, home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He's used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Check this out. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day by day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Come on now, y'all. He's building something here. He's building something. Brick by brick. And we are one of those. We are one of those. And we have, we've been adopted. We have this hope. We can look at the world and we can still have hope. But we can also look at the world and see those that don't. And their hearts are breaking. They're walking in fear. And they're having trouble with their miracle. And are we going to offer it to them? I want to look at two people this morning in one chapter that did it. And here's who we can model ourselves after. It's in John chapter 1, starting in verse 40. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of those men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. I love this. Andrew's reaction to Jesus is twofold. Okay? He meets Jesus. He follows him. And then he checked this out. He goes and he he tells Peter. And then he invites Peter. All right, it's testimony and invitation. Testimony and invitation. Check out who I've met. Now come, you you meet him too. How do we let them know? 
by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We tell people who Jesus is to us. And then we say, now you come meet him too. And here's what I love in this scene here. Andrew brings Peter. He introduces him to Jesus. And then this is what Andrew does. I'm out. And he lets Peter experience Jesus for himself. And then what does Jesus do? He looks right at Peter and he rocks his world. He says, you were called Simon. Now you are called Peter. You were called orphan. Now you are called adopted. You were this. Now you are going to be this. All in one encounter. Listen, we don't have to speak on Jesus' behalf. He does a good enough job for himself. Our job is to bring people to him and then let the Lord take over from there because no, nothing we can say, there's nothing that Andrew could have said in that moment that would have come close to what Jesus said to Peter in that moment to the point where he said, your old name is gone. And your new name is here. I don't care. I don't care how you lived before. Y'all hearing me there? Those watching online? Jesus is not interested in how you were before he meets you. He's concerned with what you're going to be like after he meets you. The old is gone. The new is here. We were orphans, but now we are adopted. We've received the miracle. It goes on to say this, next verse, same chapter, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Bethsaida, a hotbed of recruiting of disciples. Verse 45, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Here's Nathanael's response. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? And then Philip says, come and see for yourself. And this one is a little more challenging, okay? This, this, this scene is a little more challenging. This conversation is the next day. Philip meets Jesus, and then his response is the same as as Andrew's, except check this out in verse 45. It says, Philip went to look for Nathanael. So what I am challenging all of us, myself included here, is to pray about who we can invite to church this Thursday night, to watch online with us, whatever it might be. And a lot of times we want to pray, God, just send this person along my path. Let there be this supernatural, heaven's part, light shining down, angels singing, oh, moment where here it is, God, this is it. And they just stumble up, or maybe they even just knock on the door. Hey, what's going on? Would you like to invite me anywhere? Well, now that you mention it, it doesn't always work like that. Philip, he went to go look for Nathaniel. He said, I got to go find him. He didn't wait and say, man, Jesus is awesome. I can't wait till I see Nathaniel next to invite him to come meet Jesus. I can't wait until myself and the neighbor next to me are getting out of the car at the exact same time. And he asks, hey, what are you doing for Christmas Eve? He didn't do that. He went and looked 
for Nathaniel. He sought him out. And for us, as much as I'm going to pray for divine intervention to meet somebody, I, 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 I got to be honest with you all, I don't think God's going to take it that easy on me. I, just, I, got, I, I have a feeling he's going to make me go and look for somebody, uh, which is not my strong suit. Listen, there's some people um, that just have the gift of evangelism. It's crazy. Pastor Tina, you go out to lunch with her, and the server will come over to you, and you're just asking for a refill of your Coke. And next thing you know, they're like sitting next to her, sobbing, crying, accepting Jesus. You're like, I just was picking up my straw. How did this happen? <laughs> it's, it's harder for some of us, myself included. God's biggest prank on me is the fact that I have to stand up here every Sunday and speak to a bunch of people. All right? It is not in my nature to be around a lot of people. I just want to go into my little corner of my, my room and just hang out there but I wouldn't grow that way. I wouldn't be stretched that way. I wouldn't experience the joy of the Lord knowing that it has to be him working through me because this ain't me. Some of us got to work a little harder at it, but it's not an excuse not to do it. Will we go? Will we seek people out? And and check this out. The response isn't always going to be, yeah, absolutely, I'll come with you. Nathaniel was kind of talking a little trash to Philip. He's like, Nazareth, you kidding me? Wrong. There's no Messiah coming out of Nazareth. Nazareth was a dumpster fire of a town, okay? It was not somewhere where you thought, oh, yeah, of course. The prophesied Messiah certainly is going to come out of Nazareth. Like, no way. But Philip isn't phased. You know what he does? He puts it right back on Nathaniel. He says, hey, come see for yourself. Why? Because he knew who he had met, and it was real. He said, you can say all you want, but I know my Messiah. And here's the thing. Our faith in Jesus is based on Jesus, not other people's opinions of Jesus. Amen? So if we go, you know, just scared of being rejected, you got to remember, it's not about their opinion. Our faith is in Jesus. And then once they are in, encounter Jesus, watch out. Nathaniel's saying this, and he's about to be a disciple, okay? That's the other thing that we need to understand. We never know who we are bringing to Jesus. In both of these moments, disciples are being brought to Jesus. And here's the thing. People that are skeptical of Jesus and say things like Nathaniel said, you know why they say it? It's because they haven't met him yet. That's it. They haven't met Jesus yet. Just look at the life of Paul for crying out loud. Persecutes the church, encounters Jesus, builds the church, right? I mean, it was that, that specific, that quick. Hate the church, arrest people for the church, literally hold coats while people are getting stoned for the church. Meet Jesus, I'm gonna live for the church. I'm gonna be persecuted for the church. I will be arrested for the church. And I will write most of the New Testament that the church today lives on. What was the difference? He hadn't met Jesus yet. And for those that scoff at Jesus, don't take it personally. They just don't know what you know. But if you keep inviting them and you keep praying for them and you keep being that living example, guess what? One day they will know and who knows? what God's gonna do with him. Because when you're an orphan and then you become adopted, you change. And there is a whole world of orphans out there. There is a whole community of orphans that surround 
this place and we want to build, we want to invite them into this home that we are building so they can be part of the family that we love and we cherish so much here. All right. We're going to have the band come back up and we're going to worship a little more as we close out this morning. But I want to issue this challenge to y'all. I don't know where that invite went. But we have Christmas Eve invite cards. Pastor Tina mentioned it when she was up here. But I really want to put it on you all this morning. Take a couple. Take a couple. And when you do, pray over them. Pray over, pray to the Lord that God will put someone on your heart or bring someone across your path that you can invite Thursday night to our Christmas Eve service because we're going to be sharing the gospel and we're going to be offering that adoption into the Lord's family. You might say, well, there's someone that's coming. They, they don't feel comfortable. Invite them to watch online. Invite them to be a part in some way, shape, or form to be a part of what God is doing here. But take those cards and let's be a part of the miracle that we celebrate every single Sunday. God's moving. He is moving in a radical way. And he's looking for new family members. He's looking for those new children that he can adopt into his family that can live in this world and not live in fear. Bill Murray says this too. He says, then the miracle can happen to you. And what's interesting and what's amazing is when we start to take part in what God is doing and we start to serve him, those things that we are struggling with, because we all have those things, he starts to minister to us with those things. Not because we're saying, God, help me, help me, help me, but because we're now looking at who can be adopted next. And we start to take part in this miracle and we start to be a part of all this. And then in that, as we start bringing people to Jesus and introducing people to Jesus, the things that we are walking through, we start to experience those miracles then. But it's not when we just sit in our room by ourselves and say, God, just fix me over and over. And he's saying, all right, I will go, go, go. Be a part of the miracle. I'm telling you, that is when the healing for you will begin. I promise you, the miracle will start to happen to you. And lastly, what does Bill Murray says? And then you'll want to do it again and again and again and again and again, because there is nothing that is more addicting than being used by God. There is nothing that will give you more joy and more pleasure than feeling God moving in and through you, because you'll start talking and he's gonna start speaking through and you're gonna go, well, how in the world did that happen? I don't know, but I want more of it. So let's stand up. And I wanna close with these two verses before we begin worshiping again. And it's Ephesians 3, 14. This is when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for you. May you experience the love of Christ 
though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That is our prayer for ourselves and for those that don't know Jesus yet, that they would experience how wide and how deep and how high his love is for them and that it will knock them over and they will no longer be slaves to sin and to death, but they will be free and they will be adopted into the family of God. Y'all, we all have them. We all know, we all know who those people are that desperately need Jesus. Take the chance. Take the chance. I know it's hard. I'm, I'm listen, I'm preaching to myself more than anybody this morning. Take the chance. Cross that line that you've been kind of staring at and understand when you see these people that they need Jesus so much and that love for them is wide and deep and they need to be set free. Lastly, Psalms 36, verse seven. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. That's all we need to write, read. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. In a, in, a, in a time of year when we give gifts, some of us budget out how much we can spend. We need to know that what we are offering when we invite people to Jesus is a priceless gift that will never fail them. Everything that we give that's under the tree will eventually either grow old, will outgrow, or will break, lose its new smell, whatever. The love of God, the gift that we can give other people will never go old, will, they'll never outgrow it. It will never fail them. They will be adopted into a family that they will have for the rest of their, not only lives, but for eternity. So will we be a part of this miracle of Jesus that changes everything? Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that you include us, that you want to include us in this, God. And I pray, Jesus, right now for each one of us in here, each one of us that's watching online, God, I pray right now that you would put those people or that person on our heart and on our mind. And chances are we probably already knew before I even started this morning who it is. Lord, I pray that you would soften the hearts of those that need you, of those who we're gonna go approach this week, whomever it might be. God, for those of us like me, who have a hard time making conversation with people and taking that first step, God, give us courage. Push us, Lord. Help us in those moments to just be bold for that one moment. To give that person that needs that card, that card, so that then they can experience you and you can take over the conversation and you can say you are no longer an orphan, but you are adopted in. And God, I pray right now for those Jesus that are gonna come and they're gonna watch online on Thursday night as they hear about your love and the chance to receive you as Lord and Savior. God, that they would. We just pray for them right now. In Jesus' name, we lift them up to you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus for new children in your family. God, we love you so much and we thank you for the life that you lived, for the death that you endured and that you were raised again for our salvation. Help us, Father, to spread the good news of the gospel as we celebrate you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen.